All right, we are live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dirtbag Nation. Here once again for another episode of the Dirtbag Dugout podcast and our vlog, obviously, for watching on YouTube. Episode 27, basically part two of the free agency section of the offseason. Um, a lot to get into. Obviously, you know, we had more than enough to talk about for the part one, but obviously the stove is as hot as ever um yeah just a lot to get through so nate i don't know if you want to just take the helm sure so with this second round of free agency a lot of it's been bullpen moves um Syndergaard to the dodgers uh mm. one-year deal uh smart deal on both ends it's high it's it's a high reward low risk Obviously, you're not expecting him to be the ace. I know we had talked about that the other day. Like, it works out. You know, if you get even a flash of, you know, the perennial all-star, you know, then, hey, I mean, it's it's a good deal for, you know, both sides. You get, the dude gets paid. The team gets, you know, another arm to shore up the bullpen. Obviously, Tyler Anderson leaving, uh, I believe, for the Angels. So you kind of need to at least one for one. Obviously, the rotation is still fine. Uh, I believe uh, Walker Bueller is still out for this coming year. He won't come back to 24. So you do have Dustin May coming back from his TJ. And then Bueller, he's out on TJ as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So basically going to take uh, at best maybe the end of this year, you know, at the, at the soonest. So it's not, not exactly a, uh, you know, a good timeline. I mean, if, like I said, at best, you can expect maybe a September return. I mean, by that point, you want to get reps in, the rehab assignment. So basically, you're just kind yeah. of a, a lost cause. But like I said, Dustin May coming back. Obviously, Kershaw signed for his one-year extension. You have Tony Gonsolin still in there. Urias is still there. Obviously, you know, prime in his prime, as well as, a you know, pretty much a good Cy Young favorite every year. So their their rotation is solid enough. You don't need him to be the ace, you know. As long as he does his job well, good three, four, even five, you know, five spot, and it's a good it's a good pick on both sides. All we're asking you to do is you know come out and throw a sub four, sub three. All right, sorry, just had a little technical difficulty. Uh, so yeah, as you were saying. We're not – the Dodgers aren't asking Syndergaard to come in, you know, be the ace like you mentioned. All we're, all they need is a sub-4, sub-3, 7-5 ERA mm -hmm. to, fifth, to be the bolster. Just hold the fort down. Yeah. Don't fucking – you know, and that's really, I think, what it is. If Syndergaard shows up and doesn't lose games, mm -hmm. if he – there you go. But it's it's limit. You yeah. be talking about an extension, two, three year. Hey, if it works out, cool. You get more, more euros, more money. If not, hey, thanks for your service and send you on your way for another team. Okay, I like that. I like how you said, especially going back, just the general landscape of free agency, very bullpen heavy. Obviously, we have Chris Bassett leaving the Mets. Obviously, they just acquired Verlander. So Bassett going to, uh, I believe, the Blue Jays. So you know, American League East now. Obviously, they needed a couple more pieces to kind of get over the hump. So Toronto should be looking pretty good this coming year. Um, but I think we should also talk about the Mets too. 
you know, obviously luxury tax is not a not an issue. Steve Cohen just throwing the Brinks truck at everybody, basically. And Kodai Senga, the latest acquisition, how many years? Five year, five year deal? Yeah, what, five on 75? Mm-hmm. It's great deal for Senga. Way to get your bag, bro. Um, yeah. If you're the Mets, you're splashing a lot of cash around this free agency. Yeah. A lot of cash. That will also come to hurt them in, uh, I believe, the draft order. I know I said at the last pod. Let me see if I can find my notes. So they're 22nd overall out of, the you know, 1 through 30. And obviously they drop 10 spots if they exceed the luxury tax or they exceed, obviously, the, the cap. So you're basically going from a low first round to basically first, second pick of, you know, second round, maybe, you know, top five of the second round. So it seems like they're shoring up more on the fact of free agency more than focusing on, hey, let's pull prospects, which, I mean, isn't a bad position considering, I mean, their overall position, you know, with their current roster. I mean, even I know I was telling you, let me see where they're, I believe they're still top 15. They're still top 15 in farm system as well. So you know, I think they're 14th or something. This was as of August. So you're kind of leaning more towards the win now as opposed to trying to shore up, which eventually they will have to focus on. But I think their focus more so is now, hey, let's put everything into the win now side of things and, and you know, take that extra step forward. You know, and I think we're going to have to get into that uh, a little bit later in this episode and the fact that just so many clubs are establishing win now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just across town from the Mets, you've got the Yankees bringing in Rodone. Six, uh, 167, oh. 60 some odd. Yeah, 6160, something like that. Just brings tracks uh, in. Steinbrenner said, Aaron Judge, you know, I got enough to pay you and this guy. Mm-hmm. And and let's not forget, obviously, extend Rizzo as well. You know, kept kept that going. I think that's the biggest the biggest, I don't want to say win overall, like, oh, they're the big winners of free agency. I think there's still a lot to kind of for the dust to settle. But as far as they're concerned, like from their camp, they've done the right moves. They extended, they got their guy, their longstanding guy. You know, he's going to stay in pinstripes. Got to give him the captaincy. So there's that. You signed a very great bat in Rizzo. You know that, okay, cool, that side of things. And then you're also shoring up the bullpen. You're definitely, you know, the big gaping holes that, you know, kind of shot, had you shoot yourselves in the foot this past season, you're making sure to address that while also maintaining, you know, what got you there in the first place. No, I think that's a great way to put it in the fact that uh, all Rodone does to New York is he keeps them deep October baseball eligible. That's Mm -hmm. what signing does. The organization says, we need a bullpen with depth and longevity and ultimately lethality. Pardon me. And so that's what I think from the, from the Yankees perspective, if this is, they're probably not in the win now boat, but they are unfortunately a prime contender just based on uh, the roster, the consistency, uh, the moves they made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like what Ty was talking about the the other podcast. It's basically trying to find that 
good three or four spot. You have Luis Severino, obviously Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, and now you have Carlos Rodon. You you know that's I don't know who their fifth is, but but you know basically having four very comparable starters, you know can can get you through any you know through any series basically. But and I, I know their focus obviously is going to be on slaying the Giants that are the Houston Astros. I know that that's the main focus is getting past them. I mean, once you get past them, I'm not saying it's a guarantee series win, but that's going to be their biggest obstacle right now. And that's been the Yankees obstacle in the past five, seven years is their bullpen has been the X factor in the playoffs, whether Mm. or not they, you know, do or die. And they've unfortunately died on a lot of hills to Houston's bats consecutively. So I think you're absolutely right in the fact that for the Yankees, Houston is is the the penultimate. If we knock you off to get into the series, we've done our job. It doesn't even matter if we lose the ring. Yeah. Just we've done. It's almost like how people are crap talking on the Padres. Like, well, that was the World Series to beat the Dodgers is like, okay, I get it. Like you're beating big brother. You're, you're kind of finally getting that monkey off your back. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see that in that, that especially being favorites. I mean, I know we had said before uh, they had the Dodgers at plus 500 Astros at plus 700. And obviously it's very preliminary odds, but the fact that they're very much still a favorite to repeat, not just get back in the dance, but to literally back to back it, you got to know that the rest of the American league is, is, you know, keeping that that target, you know, in the locker room or whatever, just like, hey, remember this face, remember this, you know, this team, because they're gonna be the prime, the prime opponents. I mean, other teams may come and go, but this is your main objective. So uh yeah, it's just gonna be remain to see. Obviously, barring any injury you know, staying consistent, like you said, just just staying on top of it, whether or not they can actually reach that summit, even though, like you said, even if they do fall short, that's probably going to be their goal. Like, hey, we got to establish our own dominance because obviously you're not going to make it to the series every single year, no matter what your lineup looks like, but just to at least knock off the next guy or, you know, to be, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Uh, yep, yeah, man, that, and that's exactly it. So outside of the bullpen, there have been quite a few position players. Uh, you know, Joey Gallo and the Twins, mm-hmm. they a one-year deal. I think it makes a lot of sense for both parties involved. Uh, you know, the Twins can use the stick. Uh, Joey Gallo can, you know, he still wants to play ball. So, um, yeah, he could be serviceable. I know everybody was talking crap when he left uh, New York, but there was a spark and, you know, he had a really good run to start off. I mean, obviously kind of cooled off towards the end there, but, you know, maybe just a change of pace, you know, or a change of scenery is all that a player really needs in order to, you know, because when he was on a, who was he with? When he's with the Rangers, I mean, it was a baller. I'm not saying he's not a baller now, but dude was mashing everything in sight. So maybe that's all it's going to take is just a new, new change of scenery, obviously low risk. I mean, I know the twins we were kind of hoping that they were going to do a little bit more, but obviously they fell super short. So, you know, with adding, adding in another bat and let's not forget 
Christian Vasquez as well to the twins. So good backstop as well. I mean, I know he was really, he was really a serviceable for the Red Sox. And I think that was kind of, although not the biggest, the biggest loss for the Red Sox, it was, uh, how do I want to say it was, it's kind of like small domino leading to the rest of everything else where red, the Red Sox are kind of like in that position. So very serviceable backstop is going to do, I would like to hope wonderful things for the for the twins especially in the position that they're at where they're very much under 500 they're going to need they're going to need to fix some things some things so i think those two acquisitions definitely helped them on that on that end how about uh benintendi over to uh the south side south siders doing some work inking them in i am not i'm not mad at that i mean we were very high on the white Sox too and they i think with the yeah like i was saying we we were hoping for at least a 90 win obviously plus 500 they fell very short uh with new management obviously now getting a couple of pieces i think that while it may not be 90 wins it i would like to hope that it's at least above 500 obviously it's going to be a culture change there's going to be a couple of things where things are going to need to have that cohesion but I mean, it's it's kind of moving more in a positive direction, I think, more than anything. I think that's going to be the biggest the biggest win is the intangibles that will see dividends down the road. And I guess Benintendi brings intangibles to the White Sox that they haven't seen in a while um, in postseason leadership in the mm-hmm. fact that he was a part of the Red Sox 2018 ring team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's been involved in October baseball he knows what that feels like he won't be intimidated by it so hopefully I think you're right in the fact that Benintendi will bring the Sox to that at least 500 prime to in the next three two four five be very competitive for the their uh respective um division and then um maybe even a ring I'd like to think so. I mean, they were really only a handful of of wins away. I mean, not that far removed. I mean, you think about their division, Royals, Tigers, uh, Guardians, and Twins. I mean, Twins fell very short. Obviously, the Tigers and the Royals aren't going to go anywhere. Cleveland was only 91 team out of that. So, I mean, if you can be competitive and be and at least accomplish a, a second place, you know, or if you fight for a second between like maybe the twins between yourself and the twins, I mean, any kind of just positive progress forward. I mean, you got to take that. You're probably not expecting hundred, like I said, 90 plus hundred wins, but anything that puts you in that positive push forward. I mean, you got to take it. You definitely got to take it, especially in that, that division specifically. Well, who else, who else do we have? I know kind of pushes. Uh, the Cubs, my north. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, the north side, yeah, getting Dansby Swanson. Seven we waited, years, yeah. Right? I mean, we hadn't done anything really in this free agency, uh, and I think Swanson, we got him on seven, seven years, one seventy-seven. Mm-hmm, that's what I got. Yeah. Guaranteed money, it looked like. So he's not coming cheap. No. And rightly so, I suppose. I just told you right now, 14.5 career war, 5.7 war for last year. 
played all 162 last year, played 160 the year previous in 21. So I think those were the two highest of his career. I think prior to that, it was like 130, 140, give or take. Obviously, 2020 was only the 60 games, but, you know, he's he's now an everyday type of player and you're, he's going to show up every day. So even if you get I'm not saying that he's not you're not going to get the benefit all seven years because he's only he's about to turn 21, I think, in like two months. So you're still getting prime years, even half of that contract, you're still getting very much prime, even if he falls off somehow suddenly from 32 to 35, somehow magically, you know, that's still, you're still going to get a lot of production out of him. That's a good contract for both ends. Dude gets paid. Obviously, you know, he's not coming cheap, but at the same time, you're filling in a very big hole with an all-star caliber player and a former World Series champion. So talking about that culture, bringing that right back into the clubhouse, something that the Cubs are going to need, especially with, uh, like you were saying, with Contreras, you know, unfortunately departing, you know. So, I mean, it's not going to be an immediate riding of the ship. Obviously, Cubs still have a lot of work to do, but it is a great, great integral piece. Obviously, like we were just saying, position you very much needed, filled in a very big hole have that championship experience, going to bring back that culture in. And hopefully, I mean, I still think the Redbirds, I still think the Cardinals are going to be top of that division, obviously. You still have the Brewers very much relevant. Yeah. Uh, but even a good solid third place, where much like the White Sox, we're fine. If you can fight for second, third, and still make progress forward, that's going to be a win for them. And obviously, now you have the uh, foundation to start you know, moving upward. It's not going to be basement dwelling. You're not going to be in danger of a hundred losses. You know, you're not going to be in that position, thankfully, thankfully, but you know, it's still, still work to be done. So we're going to see what they, uh, if there's any more moves for the Cubs, but I mean, that's still a very good signing just off, off the rip. Oh yeah. Uh, so how about your Dodgers locking up JD Martinez on a one year, 10 milli? Yeah. Good for both ends, even if he's a DH, you know, still very serviceable. One of those dudes where you know he's an MVP caliber, you know, he's going to bring consistency. Kind of reminds me of, uh, I guess, our now reigning MVP, you know, in Goldschmidt, that, that consistency. I mean, obviously, when he was with the Red Sox, he was that, that dude who was a clear favorite, you know, I think until he, I want to say he lost out to Otani that year. I want to say, but, you know, definitely somebody who can bring it every single day to the mound, even in just a very set position. If you need to put him out to switch up the roster, you know, whatever lineup very will very much still be serviceable in that regard. Uh, it's, it's another good deal on both ends. Prove a deal. We're not spending a crazy amount of money, but, you know, if you perform, hey, there's more than enough, you know, this front office, especially, you know, now notorious now for basically having an endless payroll, obviously trying to stay under the, the luxury tax this year, but you know, so that makes sense for them to sign. I don't want to say on the cheap, but not to be too overzealous with, with how much they spend. So it makes sense from the business end and, you know, just trying to shore up your, basically your, your lineup. I guess my question to you as a Dodgers fan is Justin Turner in danger? 
would have going somewhere else? Oh, I mean, just kind of his spot is like the DH. Uh, I mean, J.D. Martinez coming off 274, 62 ribbies. Mm-hmm. Terrible performances, but, you know, and Turner might have better production, but you would expect that Martinez is going to get the more plate appearances, right? I would think so. I mean, they already, I think they non-tendered him, or basically he is a free agent. And, I mean, I would like to think if if they were – serious about bringing him back like not in a not in a throwing shade way like he wouldn't be worth bringing back but you know if they were serious from that end I feel like that that deal would have already been made or you know whatever offer that they did try to give him wasn't what he was looking for and he's probably just trying to test the market as he should I mean he's still a very good third baseman you know whether or not you want to say top 10 top five whatever wherever you want to place him I mean there's still a lot of clubs that would love to have him so it's it's it definitely kind of does lean into that like well he he's probably not coming back next year especially if you're talking about for the DH spot if you're talking about just defensively that's still going to be a hard a hard spot to fill especially for what he does bring just for playing third base but as far as actual lineup yeah that kind of that kind of leaves the writing on the wall yeah yeah it really does so i i guess as we're kind of you know closing out there are teams like the Padres and the Mets who are all in this season. Mm-hmm. Padres only have, you know, that Machado, Tatis, uh, Soto. Soto, that big four lineup. One, this, this, this fucking season. Guaranteed. That's the only guaranteed season. Yeah. Machado's a free agent. Oh, shut up. Here. Uh, Soto's a, a free agent after 24. Uh, who else? So, uh, yeah, for basically for just the sake of the argument, yeah, at best, even if you get another extension, even if you somehow get them to only sign a two or three year and like, hey, well, let's just recoup our money again and then we'll just give you this mega contract for all three of you. Even if magically you somehow get them to extend for another two years, the window for that that placement is very very short so at best you have this coming year or at worst i guess you could say you have this year at best you maybe have three years at most there's there's really not that much that's going to be coming down the pipeline as far as san diego i know i said let me just double check their standing they are third to last as far as the farm system so it's the angels at dead dead last and 30th Astros at 29th, which fine. They're not really looking towards their farm system. And then you have the Padres at number 28. So you're not expecting to call up anybody anytime soon. I mean, you're you're down there with you like literally the Royals are 20th, Tigers are 21st, Twins are 23rd, you know, to kind of give you an idea. And then it's Mariners, Philly. So you have teams kind of in that bottom mix where it's like, okay, they're more at a win now position but they're also not counting on their farm system if you're san diego when those teams are a little more set up where obviously we've talked about the mariners extending some dudes talked about the phillies extending even the braves i think they're 20 they're just before san diego but they've obviously they have their young core set they obviously just gave extensions out as well so they're not in that same exact position as far as 
well, we can afford to not really focus on our farm system. We already have our young course set up. They, like you said, that their window is rapidly closing and you don't have any real prospects that are coming up like that. You have a very weak farm system. You're already spending boatloads of money. So it is very much a win now, win this season for sure, or at least be relevant for the next year or two, maybe three at best. Because after that, in five years, you're back to being the San Diego that we all know and love. And the weeping boy of, of the NL West, yeah. You're basically know? fighting for fourth place with the Rockies and Diamondbacks, just playing spoiler at best instead of being a relevant postseason team. You know, as fun that as fun as that is, nobody, no fan base wants to lull out there. You yeah. know, playing spoiler, playing five hundred sub five hundred ball. It's it's not a fun place to be. Not after 160 games, you're not. I mean, that gets old real quick. Yeah. In July, you're like, bro, can can we just like win some games? Like, I get you knocked off the cobwebs in in you know March, April, and May. Like, can we can we actually start winning some games? You know, more than a game or two together. Can we win like a series? Can we win like a? And so it's another club that is really do or die this season is the Mets. Mm-hmm. And only the reason that they're in this position is because all of the cash that they've splashed in free agency. Yeah, they're about to be at 400 mil right now, so they might they might exceed that, that luxury. But, I mean, for good reason, you are in that peculiar position, obviously in a way better spot as far as your farm system. But, again, you're not really focusing on – bringing those guys up you're focused more on the win now while you still kind of have that safety net but you're not again you're not reliant on that i and that's the thing is your safety net kind of exists you you have more of a safety net of your new york than the padres but the circumstances really aren't too different in that You've got a bullpen that has Verlander and Scherzer, two guys that haven't been together since Detroit, mm-hmm. and they were the highest-paid pitching pair in the league at the time. So like, you you expect New York to get over that Atlanta piping them hump. Yeah. You know, it, if you don't get all the way there, all of the cash splashing, all of the deals you've made. I don't care that you're going to be a postseason staple for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Have to make impacts this season. You mm-hmm. go to the ship, and you have to fucking win it if you're the Mets. Yeah, very much the same win now. Because I mean, by that point, I mean as as we've seen from the response, even just on the American League side to Houston. Teams are gonna adjust. I would I would venture to say that this is probably the most talent-filled free agency. I wouldn't say in our lifetime, but definitely within at least the last 10 years, at least the well, concentration of power, like let's take it all the way out to 20, the turn of century, last 22 years, at least, you know, because genuinely, uh, Tony, you're absolutely right in the respect that I've never seen a free agency talent pool so robust. Mm-hmm. In the fact that there's, you know, you talk about the Thanksgiving analogy of some to pick from or, you know, like just the smorgasbord spread. Yeah. It, 
having all that talent in free agency is only dangerous in the respect that the right signing can give credence to chemistry or like this could make a plausible excuse for why hey this team could be really good next year Mm -hmm. and we're seeing a lot of signings like that where a lot of teams have latent expectations based on their free agency mark absolutely no it makes it makes sense i mean teams teams are very much in the win now they're not going to wait and rightly so uh i would i would I guess this is just going to lead me to my last point of obviously the probably the biggest signing aside from Aaron Judge would be Carlos Correa, 13 years, 350, going to the Giants. I mean, it, it looks good on paper. I'm glad dude gets paid. But at the same time, they're not in that kind of position. And you kind of shoot yourself in the foot as far as what you're going to be able to do as far as signing anybody, anybody else. And obviously, I know we've talked about um, farm system. They're 18th overall, so it's not even like you're expecting to be calling up these great, you know, great one-of-one type players. Like, they're still going to be serviceable, don't get me wrong, but there's you're not in the position like some of these other teams. So while we've seen the best of, obviously, dudes getting paid, teams being put in a better position, I think, you know, you also have that other side where it's like you're just getting the money, and that's really what's going what's gonna to hurt a lot of teams. So, um yeah, I would like to expound on it more. I think we're going to have a part three coming up pretty soon. We'll just figure it out whenever it gets to it. So, uh.